0: Lord, man, I got uh, a bunch of things going through my head, my heart, right at the moment. Uh, even, even relating to what Bill said of being ready to always give an answer for the hope that we have inside of us. Uh, Karen came up and, and talked to me during the greeting time there, and she said, uh, even while we're worshiping God, I was speaking to a lot of people today. Apparently, uh, she said she was reminded of the verse that talks about guard your heart, for out of it flow all the issues of life. And and I was thinking, that's. Part of that guarding the heart is what we let, what we feed on, what we let in us, the reports that we believe. Uh, For some of us, guarding our heart may be, I need to turn off the news for a few minutes. If I'm going to be full of hope and life and have an answer for the world, I may not need to feed on that 24-7 news cycle. How many of you have ever found that, where you get really caught up in watching the news, you get so involved that the next thing you know, your peace is gone. And you're, and you're worried about how things are going to work out. And it's like, we really do. There's something about guarding our heart and being ready that enables us to be ready to give an answer to the world and to have hope. All of the issues of life come out of the heart is what the scripture says. and. Uh, Man, so if you need to do that, that's for you this morning, uh, whatever, whatever that means to you of just being ready to give that answer and guard in our heart for those things. Uh, and that, that kind of dovetails with what I wanted to talk about today. We're starting a new series today called Kingdom Come, and as we come up on election day, how many of you are aware there's an election happening this week? You know, and then some of you are like, I'm not aware because you told me to turn off the news, Pastor Chris. Um, <laughs> Come on, you know, don't don't let that be your takeaway. Uh, <laughs> as we come to election day, I've been thinking a lot about our country and the issues and the, and the way that we do things in our country, and everybody has issues and opinions about what's going on in the country right now, and you get to go express them on Tuesday That's right. at the ballot box, That's right. not on Facebook <laughs> and social media and all these other places. Come on, I'm... As the people of God, sometimes I think we need to be as excited about what God's doing in the kingdom and in our lives as we are about putting our political opinions out there. So, amen. Thank you for that one amen. The rest of you are like, I'm going to keep typing what I want to <laughs> Come on, go out and vote this Tuesday. That's my commercial for that. Pray about it, go vote, enjoy the freedom that we have in this country to participate in that and express our opinions. And there are a whole lot of things going on around surrounding this election, a lot of issues that are being talked about, but one caught my eyes. I was thinking about this series. How many of you have seen the migrant caravan? that's been heading towards the southern border. There's a picture of it on the screen there uh, coming all the way up from Central America through Mexico. They're heading towards the border and that's an issue that's what's going on right now and depending on what news station you listen to or what source you read, that's either a small group of widows and orphans who will be here sometime next year seeking asylum and refuge from violence or it's about 10,000 men that are criminals and violent people that are going to be here next week to take over. Come on. You see that in both sides of the issue. I'm not here this morning to tell you what to think about that or what to believe about that. You you can have your own opinion and use that to inform even your vote this week. But it sparked in my mind that that really is a bigger. That's a that's a symptom of some bigger conversation that we're having in this country right now about citizenship and what it means to belong and what it means to be a citizen here. It's how many you know. It is a big deal to be a citizen of the United States. There are a lot of freedoms and rights and privileges that we enjoy in this land. There are some people that have worked their whole lives to become a citizen of this country. There are some people that were born here and take it for granted to be a citizen. But it's a big deal to be a citizen of the U.S. And there are people around the world who would love to enjoy that. And what I want to tell you this morning, as valuable as our citizenship is in the United States, that's not your real citizenship. That, that is not the most important passport you carry. That is not the most important citizenship that you could ever have. We are citizens of something much bigger and greater than the United States. Ephesians 2.19 reminds us of this. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. We had a time when we didn't belong. Maybe we were like some of the people in this caravan that we had no hope. We were wandering around looking for a place that we could call home, a place where we could belong, a place where we could enjoy the freedoms and the privileges of a different country. That was what was going on spiritually in our lives. And Jesus, through what he did on the cross, what we remembered during communion this morning, he made a way for us to become citizens, to find our home in him. And with that home that we've been given in him come very real rights, privileges, freedoms that we have. What's, it's amazing to me is uh, as much as uh, we get to have a vote in this country and, and think we're expressing ourselves, the kingdom is amazing because we don't get to vote, yet we have more freedom than we have here in the United States. Amen? It is for freedom that he set us free. He's the Lord. He gets to tell you what you get to do with your life. He's the boss in that sense. But him being the boss, we don't get to vote on whether or not Jesus is going to be president again for four more years. But even with no vote, we enjoy more freedom in the kingdom of God than we could ever have because of the Constitution of the United States. What an amazing thought. There have been people that have lived in countries under tyranny, where they were imprisoned for their belief, and they still had more freedom in that moment because of what Jesus had done inside of their hearts. So we found our home in Him, we're not wandering around anymore. Uh, the message translation of Ephesians 2:19 says, "This kingdom of faith." is now your home country. I love that thought. There's a kingdom that we are a part of now by faith, and that is our real citizenship. That is our home. That ought to be more valuable to us than even what we're doing. Uh, a couple other things just popped into my mind. Pictures of, we, we have the Statue of Liberty sitting in the harbor of New York, saying, give me your, your tired and your weary, your huddled masses yearning to be free. That's kind of the symbol of the United States welcoming people into our, into our land. the kingdom of God has a cross. It says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy, heavy burdened and I will give you rest. There's, there's forgiveness and the symbol of the kingdom is the cross that Jesus went to so that we could be free and become citizens of the kingdom of God. That, that is amazing to me. So I'm, I'm not, this morning I'm not asking you to renounce your U.S. citizenship. I'm just asking you to, to value our citizenship in the kingdom more than we even do what's going on in the natural in our lives. So uh, another verse to think about in Philippians 3.20, it says uh, in the Passion Translation, I love this thought, it says, We are a colony of heaven on earth as we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, most translations that you're probably reading this morning say our citizenship is in heaven. But I love the thought that we are a colony of heaven here on earth. And it struck me, that what, what do colonies historically do? They, they establish... They were established to expand the territory of their home country. Isn't that what a colony was? Uh, I know we rebelled against England. We celebrate the Fourth of July, all those things. But why were the original colonies established? England was getting a foothold in a new land. And they wanted their government and their territory to expand. And that thought of being a colony is exactly what Jesus has done with us He has made us a colony of heaven here on earth so that we can expand the territory of the country we are actually from. That's good news. That's worth getting up for in the morning. That's a a job and a responsibility that we all have. Uh, Colonies reproduce other colonies, often in the midst of hostile environments. Come on, they they came all the way across the ocean. It was foreign to them. There were really people attacking them. They weren't welcome all the time. Yet in the middle of that hostile environment, they began to reproduce and expand the territory of their colonies. So we are a colony of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We're seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. But our feet really here are, are on earth for a reason. Do you ever think about that? The scripture says we're seated with him in heavenly places. That's a truth we need to renew our mind with. We literally are with Christ right now, seated in heavenly places, but my body and my feet are right here on earth. And he made it that way for a reason because we're a colony of heaven meant to expand his territory, his government, and his rule and reign here on the earth where we are. We aren't here just to suffer and grind it out for 80 years and then go to heaven one day. I got some amens over there. I'll, I'll, I'll shove for some amens on this side. Come on, that, that really is good news. We're not here just to let the world run roughshod over us and be like, oh, when's my time done so I can go to heaven? We're here to expand the kingdom and see the rule of Jesus Christ extended in the whole earth. Amen. Thank you. That was your cue. I don't know if it's to, to preach more excited or just to feel better about myself. I go home and take my amen tally. Uh, it's, it's just good to be excited about what Jesus is excited about. And I'm pretty sure one of the things he was excited about is l- saving us so that we could expand what he wants to do in the earth, so that we could reproduce the kingdom of God gather other people in tell them about Jesus have hope within us in a world that's hopeless come on there are things that Jesus put us on the earth to do that we're not just made to wait around till we die and get to heaven one day and and I'm not I'm not taking heaven away from anybody I, I believe heaven is part of the kingdom but it's not our end goal I think more than more than us going to heaven Jesus is more excited about heaven coming and surrounding where we are so uh, that's that's a little bit what I'm talking about. We're colonies of heaven to reproduce and expand. And uh, the overarching name of this place, the place that we are citizens of, the country that we are from, is the kingdom of God. I've already alluded to it a little bit. In scripture, it's called just the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. You, you see all these different references, but they mean the same thing. Don't get worked up, don't get nervous about it. We are people of the kingdom. And that. That almost sounds kind of strange. Don't, don't go home and think, oh, Pastor Chris is starting a new cult called People of the Kingdom. Doesn't but that, that really is a truth. That's who we are at our core. We are, pe- we are kingdom people living by the rule and the, the design of what Jesus set in the earth and expanding it into this realm. It, it can be hard to, to describe the kingdom sometimes. Uh, although we are kingdom people, the kingdom doesn't have a physical address. You, you can't send a postcard. Like, like even Santa had the North Pole, right? You're, when you were a kid, you wrote your letter and said, oh, Santa Claus. People. All right, when you were a kid, you sent an email to Santa Claus at the North Pole. <laughs> it just occurred to me that I'm not young and relevant if I'm saying you wrote a letter to Santa. You wrote an email to Santa. He had an address, but the kingdom doesn't have a physical address. You can't sit down and write a letter say, I'm writing to Jesus in the kingdom and the zip code is, it's just not there. So sometimes it's hard to describe because it doesn't have a physical address. Uh, It doesn't have a museum dedicated to it. There's nowhere you can walk through and say, oh, here's all the history of the kingdom in one place. Uh, They can't be reduced to a simple slogan or a catchphrase. You can't just put a list on the wall and say, this is the kingdom. Even Jesus, about 12 times in the Gospels, he gave them clues. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like... And then he'd tell them a parable and a story. I'm I'm reading all these parables and these stories thinking, Jesus, why didn't you just come out and say, this is the exact definition of the kingdom and how it works in the world. He didn't do that because I think it's on us. Part of the the glory of the kings, it says in Proverbs, is to search a matter out. It's, It's God's glory to conceal it. It's the king's glory to search it out. And I think that's part of how the kingdom works. Is he said, the kingdom of heaven is like... And then we get to dig it out and see how it works and operates in our lives. Man, in Matthew 6, in fact, he gave all these clues, but in Matthew 6, he said the kingdom's so important that you need to seek it first above everything else. He said, seek the kingdom first. All that other stuff will be taken care of, where you're going to live, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, all that will be added to you. You'll be taken care of, but the kingdom is the top priority in our lives. In fact, uh, the, here's a truth for you. The kingdom of God, one of the reasons it's hard to describe, is the kingdom of God is a spiritual reality. And it is discerned by spiritual people. If, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, as Christians, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Look at your neighbor say, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay? So that means that we have the ability to figure out how does the kingdom operate in our lives and in this world because it's a spiritual reality that is spiritually discerned and we have the ability to say Lord, let that start to flow in my life more as, as we dig into it these next couple weeks let, let those realities start to trump everything else no pun intended to trump everything else can... I'm not going to go there let... let... Let the realities of the kingdom supersede everything else, whatever you want to fill in that blank with. Let it be more real than the laws that are passed by our natural government, than the things that we can touch, taste, see, and hear. Let your kingdom come in my life and be more real than those things to me. That's what we're after. It is spiritual, but it very much produces tangible results. There is something when we really lay hold of the message of the kingdom of God and what He intended to do in our lives. It takes it from being a spiritual reality and begins to produce change in our natural lives around us. Many uh, scholars I was reading this week. Many scholars say that Jesus actually used the term the kingdom to refer to His entire body of teachings. So He didn't just pick out, "Oh, remember the Sermon on the Mount," or "When I taught you how to pray," or all these. Others. He just talked about the kingdom. And in that, he was implying, everything I've told you is wrapped up in that phrase right there. That's, that's a message we don't hear enough in the Western world. In, in the church today, in the, in the Western church especially, I think we've reduced the gospel to just, hey, you can get saved and go to heaven one day. And if you read and study it out, Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. He was saying, everything I've told you, everything I've modeled for you, the way I've lived my life, the supernatural things you saw me do, that is all wrapped up in the kingdom. And that's why I say that we are people of the kingdom. We are kingdom people. That's the good news that Jesus brought to us was the message of the kingdom. It was his life message. And i just, to lay some foundation for that, for this series, uh, here's some scriptures that I'll give to you that show what Jesus did in his life. Uh, in Matthew 4, 17, it says, uh, from that time on, Everybody say that time on. That's I'll tell you what that is in a minute. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. In his statement, he's implying that up till that point, people had not been able to enter into the kingdom. They hadn't been seeing the effects of it throughout the earth. There, there was a kingdom at work, but it wasn't God's kingdom. Come on, there was a natural worldly system, there was evil from the devil, all these things were at work, and people were trying to get out of that system, but up until that point, it wasn't possible. And when Jesus came, he began to proclaim, it's now accessible, the way is open. So it said from that time forward, what was that time? John the Baptist had just been put in prison. That, if, you read that, if you read that whole passage in context, that's what he was talking about. It said John the Baptist had been put in prison, and from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim the kingdom is here. Well, John the Baptist, just I, I won't unpack it all this morning, but just simply, John the Baptist represented the Old Covenant. Jesus said there's no prophet that had been greater of the Old Covenant except John the Baptist. And John the Baptist and the Old Covenant had just been put in prison. It was no longer being proclaimed. Jesus was on the scene to say, there's something different that has come. There's something new now. thats I don't know. That might be too deep for a Sunday morning. But but the law had been finished. John the Baptist put in prison. It wasn't producing the way into the kingdom. It was just the law was meant to remind us we're all sinners. Right. That's, that was the purpose of why it was given. And Jesus came on the scene to say, hey, I'm here. There's a new way in to, yeah. to have a kingdom experience in your life to get rid of the world system, to get rid of the, what the devil's doing in the world. And the, it's here now. Jesus said it's now accessible and belief is the way to enter in. Yes. Right. Isn't that an amazing thought? I think, I think God all along is, is interested in faith. Come on, even we, we talk about, oh, well, the old covenant, you kept the law, you did the rules and, and made God happy. Come on, even Abraham, how did he get to be righteous? It was by faith. By believing. That's what God has always been interested in. And the Jewish nation, why he had to come and get rid of that old system, they had reduced it to keep the rules and God will be happy with you. And God's always, always, always been looking at man's heart. Come on, even throughout the Old Testament, the Lord looks at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. God's interested in our belief and what's going on in here. And Jesus came to tell them, here's the way in. I'm standing right here in front of you. All you have to do is believe, and the door is wide open now. What an amazing message. So John was the old covenant. It was in prison. Jesus came to declare that the way to God's realm was open and accessed by belief. Uh, Then Jesus takes it to the next level. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness from among the people. Come on, this was not a separate message. This wasn't some different gospel. This was what he came to proclaim, the gospel of the kingdom. And it involves very real tangible results. He demonstrated what was going on. There was a spiritual reality that was now impacting people's physical lives. Come on, I said the kingdom was a spiritual reality and it impacts our lives. Talk about very real tangible results in your life when you came sick and you went away healed. When, when you came oppressed or possessed by the devil and you went away free and in your right mind. Come on, that is a spiritual reality beginning to impact our natural lives. And Jesus began to demonstrate it to people around it. This, this was going from just proclaiming it to showing it to people. And uh, at the, We were at a men's conference this weekend and one of the guys said this quote and it was so good I stole it. And if it wasn't just yesterday, I would have told you it was my own quote, but it's fresh in my head. Uh, he said, proclamation without demonstration is just empty conversation. Come on. It, we could talk about the good news all day long. We could, we could try to argue people into the kingdom. Say, oh, let me, let me give you 40 points of why the gospel is real and why you should believe. But there's nothing like a demonstration. We have, to, we have to move it from just empty conversation to actually demonstrating the kingdom. That's what Jesus did in that. Oh man, Elvis is popping into my head. A little, little, uh, little less conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm really dating myself now. Um, this is bad. Somebody tell me a modern pop song that relates to that that I could use next time. But if you're old enough to remember Elvis, a little, little less conversation, a little more action, baby. Yeah, thank God my mom is back as a guest speaker with the kids today. <laughs> she'd, she'd be turning all red, like, uh, what's he going to say next? I I probably am... Uh, <laughs> I am probably a fat white jumpsuit Elvis stage of my life right now. <laughs> there There is probably something way more relevant to the to the current generation than what I just said. But that's... But that is what popped in my head. And that's what Jesus was doing. Hey, it's enough just talking about it. Now we're going to show you how it works. And he began to demonstrate, this is what the kingdom looks like. I said it was like a mustard seed. I said it was like this growing tree and this mountain and all these things. he said, but here is what it practically does. It heals the sick. It delivers people from demons. It raises the dead. It causes lack to be gone from our lives. There's things that the kingdom brings with it that tangibly affect what's going on in our here and right right. now and come on that is what the world is desperate for the world's tired of us giving them a message of well one day it'll all be better for you come on the people in the world are looking for what have you done for me lately and i can tell you if there's anybody that's able to deliver on what have you done for me lately it is jesus christ there, there is no question about he's alive. He's still active in the earth today. He still calls people like we talked about earlier. He still sets people free. What have you done for me lately? Jesus can do it, shouldn't we also? Yeah. 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 We really have good news. Yeah. We have a better message than you're going to get anywhere else in the world. Come on. And as Christians come on we're not, we're not blowing smoke we're not trying to lie to people and say well if you just come to Jesus everything will be perfect for the next 60 years that's, that's, right. that's not what I'm saying life is still hard there's still obstacles that come up but that's part of why he puts us in a family together he gives yeah. us his peace he's with us in every situation yeah. and there are times when people really do hey I got healed that's right. I got sick that's right. I had a breakthrough in my life that didn't come when, when I was just struggling on my own apart from Jesus We have the best message that's out there. Man, I don't even know where I was in my notes now. (laughs) Elvis derailed me from my notes today. (laughs) Proclamation without demonstration is just empty conversation. Come on, when the kingdom comes, it sets things right. That's that's what happens. The bottom line is things that were out of whack come into alignment with the way God wants them. And if we aren't living transformed lives and seeing Jesus do supernatural things, we're going to have a hard time converting anyone. That's just the bottom line. Jesus has to be real. The kingdom has to be flowing in our lives. We have to be transformed people seeing him at work in our lives. Uh, so sometime later even, after Matthew chapter 4, in, uh, in Luke 8, it says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. There were also some women along with him, a bunch of crowd with him. But this is when you see discipleship is starting to happen. He's taking that message... He showed them how it works, and now he's demonstrating it for his followers, saying, you can do this too. I think Jesus still says, you can do this too, to each one of us. There there is something about he, he, like any good ruler establishing a colony, he's training the colonists. He's showing them, hey guys, you know, you watched me go around and heal all those people. Right. Come on, come with me now, right. and you're going to get to participate. Yeah. And he begins to pass it to the next generation. and And then uh, in Luke chapter nine, verse one and two, so only one chapter, he had the twelve with him. They're watching him in Luke chapter nine. It says Jesus summoned together his twelve apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick and demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. He commissioned and he sent them. And I think he still commissions and sends us today. There's there is a call in each one of our lives to take this message that we've received and demonstrate it to the world. Not just talk about it, but live it and see it affect our lives. I love that. He gave Him authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Come on, the kingdom of God dismantles, destroys, and replaces every kingdom that would oppose it. Na- natural and spiritual. Come on, diseases. Very natural processes that happen in our lives. The kingdom is greater than diseases. Demonic oppression. That's a very real, very spiritual kingdom that's at work. The kingdom of God is more powerful than that and can destroy the works of darkness. Come on, and I realize there. There is a tension that the kingdom is very present, has very much been released into this world in our lives, but we still don't see 100% of the kingdom manifested in the world around us. How many of you know somebody that's sick this week? Right. Come on. How many of you know somebody that died in the last 100 years? I mean, I mean really, that, that is the, 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 what we're talking about. That tension that we live in is that we're proclaiming this message that says Jesus is greater than sickness and death but sometimes people are still sick, and sometimes they still die. In fact, pretty sure that everybody that lives since Jesus lived is in the grave somewhere, except for us alive in the earth today. I think that's part of where faith comes in. We, we are to expand and establish his kingdom until he comes and permanently establishes it once and for all. That, that is, at the return of Jesus, I don't think there will be any sickness, any death left in this world. But until that time, it's growing in the earth. We'll touch that uh, next week. One of the things that Jesus said the kingdom was like was like a lady that put yeast into a lump of dough. We'll, we'll get to that. But anyway, we are to demonstrate and expand it here on this earth until we see the fullness of it. Can we be in agree- agreement about that? There, there are times when, when we pray for things and I see them happen, and there are times we pray and I don't see it, and I ask God, what's going on here? And I am comfortable enough with God to say, you don't have to give me an explanation. He, he doesn't answer to me. It's the other way around. <laughs> I, I answer to him and he's not obligated. And at some point I say, you know what, God, I'm okay with that being a mystery that I don't know about. Because the times I have seen you move, I know you can. Yeah. And when I don't see it or it doesn't happen the way, that's usually what happens is it doesn't happen the way I think it should. Anybody ever pray those prayers? You've, you've got the answer already laid out in your mind. Like I'm praying this, God, but this is exactly what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. And then he doesn't do it exactly that way, and we get offended. <laughs> Why didn't you do that? Yeah. Let's get the equation right. He's God, and we're his followers. He is the king, and we are the citizens of the kingdom. That's, that's how it works, and he doesn't have to answer to us. But I do know that if, if I never expect to see anything and I never pray for a sick person and I never pray right. to see his kingdom come, I'm not going to see any fruit of it. That's right. All right. Moving right along to the, to the other points I wanted to make before we do the next thing I wanted to get to today. Um, he, they traveled from town to village uh, proclaiming the good news. He sent out his disciples. He equipped and commissioned them. And then uh, after the cross, maybe you know the, the last thing you tell people is usually the most important, right? You're, you're getting ready to, to leave. I'm not going to see you for a few weeks or a month or a year. You, the most important thing is what pops in your head. That's what you say last. Hey, the candle's burning at home. Turn, turn off the stove. Like, that's probably a really important thing that needed to be said. But you're not like, hey, we're getting ready to not see each other for a year. Oh, how about that weather today? Like... You don't talk about the inconsequential stuff. You say what matters and what's most important. And after Jesus went to the cross, he uh, he rose again. They had seen him. He's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The most important message, what he had in his heart is what he imparted to them before he ascended back to heaven. He told them this is how the kingdom is supposed to work. All that stuff I demonstrated, what we've been doing together, this is how it works and what you're supposed to do with it. And then if you go throughout Acts, you see that it's Philip and Paul. They, they began, it says they actually proclaimed the message of the kingdom. And people were set free and they were healed and the world was turned upside down. So we're going to go a, a little bit deeper into this over the next couple weeks. But for now, uh, I, will t- I wanted to say this as, as a jumping off point for the next couple of weeks. Every kingdom has three things. Every kingdom has a ruler. Obviously, in, in our case that we're talking about, who is the king? Jesus. Thank you. Yes, that, that was... It's like Sunday school. Every, every question. Jesus is the answer, right? That is the right answer. He is the king. Uh, and then every, every kingdom has a reign. It's how the ruler wants things done and the benefits that happen when you do things that way. That's part of the kingdom is, is his will, his reign in the earth. And then the, uh, every kingdom has a people. Wouldn't be much of a kingdom if it was just the king all by himself, would it? Right. <laughs> every kingdom has people that are subjects of the kingdom and they are the ones that demonstrate how the kingdom is supposed to work. Uh, A churchy word that you hear sometimes is manifestation. Come on. We, the people of the kingdom, are the ones that are supposed to manifest the rule and reign of the king in this earth. So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. Uh, I will give you an action item that I want you to do this week. Let's go ahead and stand together. This is what I want you to do before we leave this place because... Uh, obviously talking about the kingdom and it being the heart message of Jesus and what he wanted to do in our lives. uh, He even taught his disciples to pray. And uh, he said, pray this way. Let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So the the very things that are going on in in the atmosphere of heaven right now, Jesus said, pray for that to be seen right here in your life. You know, praying is one of the most practical things that you can do to see the kingdom come in your life. And so before we go today, what I would like you to do is uh, turn to someone right next to you and just pray with them and say, you don't have to pray complicated prayers. You're not prophesying. You're not doing, just pray, Lord, wherever they need it this week in their life, let your kingdom come. And if... If you want to say what it is, you can while you're praying, but you don't even have to say it. It may be with your kids. It may be a relationship that's broken. It may be something really crummy that's going on at work right now. I don't know what it is, but the Lord does, and he has a will. He has something from his kingdom that he wants to manifest in that place. So we're not going to spend a lot of time doing it. You guys have been very patient already, but just for a few moments here, turn to somebody next to you and just pray with them and say, Lord, let your kingdom come in their life this week. And then uh, I'll pray and close this, send us out after we're done here.